0: Hi everyone, I'm Tony Lontis and this is the Everyday Business Show.
1: I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs> is that possible? That was the question for myself. It is absolutely possible.
0: Good afternoon, Australia, and good evening, America. Welcome back to the Everyday business show. I'm your host, Tony Lontis, And before I introduce you to our amazing guest today, here's what you need to know. If you're listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, we have payo ready and waiting online to take your questions and comments and provide you links with anything that we discuss on the show today. If you're driving, just remember you can jump onto tonylontis.com, click on the guest tab, and we will have links to our guests today and including their website so a reminder too that if you miss any of these shows and you want to catch up anytime jump onto binge networks usa or the tony tv channel app available on all roku lg and samsung smart tvs across the planet now our normal welcome to country goes a little bit like this I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yukonbar language region the Gold Coast Queensland Australia the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast and pay my respect to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today now our extra special guest today is Jem Fuller and Jem coaches and facilitates CEOs, senior leaders across government, private and not profit sectors across the globe. He helps develop more mindful and conscious leaders and a healthy workplace culture. Jem is the founding director and facilitator of his own international leadership retreat company and he takes leaders away on conscious leader programs to remote Indian Himalayan Bali and Kimberley and Costa Rica coastlines. Jem has led an amazingly colourful life from years of barefoot backing around India subcontinent to senior leaders with a multi-international company. He has been to the extremes and back and all the way in between he's worked as a reflexologist a Chinese masseuse a Reiki practitioner a kindergarten teacher a global tattooist a fire dancer a motorcycle courier actor singer songwriter travel consultant and prior to commencing his coaching work has been in senior corporate leadership Jem has ex- studied studied extensively in the healing arts, coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, and human behavioural profiling. Welcome back to the show, Jem. I'm delighted to have you here today.
1: Oh, thanks, Tony. It's it's really lovely to see you again. And, geez, I'm a bit exhausted listening to my own (laughs) intro. I'm like, I think... Um, Have we still got time left to actually have a chat?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We do, we do. I just wanted to share with the audience, um, Gem and I have become um, friends, uh, I guess, in this space. And Gem and I were talking about um, uh, what his partner slash wife does and the synergies around some work that I used to do corporately. Both of us come from a corporate space perspective, but now are leading our own companies and doing our own business. And Jem was telling me before we got on the show about his psych- excitement around a new space. Jem, can you just share with the audience? Because that's really exciting news for you and your wife, Talia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's literally hot off the press. I mean, the lease agreement only got emailed to us Half an hour ago, uh, so we're, we're yeah, so we're about to sign the lease uh, on on a, a a big beautiful property in our local town here um, that we we'll, we will be sharing. And and my partner Talia is a birth worker. She's a mm-hmm. clinical Pilates instructor, a, a doula and also a hypnobirthing consultant and so she's going to have some big beautiful spaces in there for community her business is called village birth and her um her kind of logo is it takes a village so she'll be bringing in all sorts of wonderful women who work in the birthing Mm. space and nestled in the middle of these amazing rooms is my studio where I'm going to be able to record and coach and do what I do, yes. and I'm going to be nestled amongst this beautiful mothering, nurturing, new life energy. And I can't beautiful think space. of a better place to sit and work every day. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Talia particularly- and I. Yeah, go on.
0: Sorry, Jim, and particularly from your coaching and mentoring space, that creates a beautiful energy to
1: do that work from, doesn't it? Absolutely, and because you know part of what I do, I mean, I I don't really say this to my my corporate <laughs> executive clients because I'm coaching I'm coaching executive yes. CEO clients yes. in government departments, right? Yes, I don't go in there and and kind of say, hey, I'm going to help you access your feminine and be more soft and gentle. But that's what I'm helping a lot of ladies do, especially Mm -hmm. men. I'm I'm helping them access their more human-centric sensibility, Mm -hmm. their their feminine wisdom. And you know and helping them because it's
0: powerful feminine It wisdom is super
1: is powerful and it's super intelligent it's mm. it's very very wise and it's a, it's an element mm. that there's a lot of opportunity for us to expand mm. with our senior leaders whether they're in government or whether they're in the private sector there's mm. a massive opportunity for our leaders to expand into their feminine sensibility their feminine wisdom right and um anyway so for me to be coaching these leaders nestled in into space. the heart of this beautiful space is i think it's perfect
0: yeah i I, when you told me about it i was just so excited for you and i thought it's important to share sometimes people don't don't realize the spaces and places that people work from at that high level and you are working with high level executives and ceos and along that vein, I'm wondering, Jim, your life is this beautiful, big kaleidoscope of all things. You've done lots of things, had lots of different life experiences. And I actually am wondering that that if that unique and broad life perspective helps when you're coaching executives and CEOs, does it give you that broader balance that you can bring to their lives?
1: yeah absolutely yeah yes it does and um you know i I think because i've been in so many different situations with so many different types of people i really was in my younger years i just Mm. had this thirst to experience uh cultures and peoples that was a life you know that was so different to me i used to think of myself as a bit of an experience junkie i wanted to try everything (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to try everything, you know, and I've tried many things and and a lot of things I've tried only once and I was like, rightio, tick that (laughs) off the list. I'm not doing (laughs) that. again. (laughs) And some things I've tried many times, but, Mm. you know, certainly to answer your question, having, you know, a, a really broad range of different experiences. And different connections with different types of people Mm. means that I can connect with a lot of different people. But also having worked in the corporate space, I understand their language and their lingo. I understand the pressures that are driving them, you know, and that old school kind of underlying pressure to grow in the private sector, to grow net profit growth quarter on quarter on quarter. And that is a relentless pressure that is systemic within you know the capitalist system Um, and it is what it is i'm not saying it's good or bad but it is there and it's a very real Mm. pressure for leaders and then also in you know in government departments to um to make sure that they're getting the results that they're you know that they're they're there to get so i understand yeah so i I mean i understand the pressures but i can bring to them in in a way that's accessible for them i can bring to them concepts like mindfulness i can Mm. bring to them Concepts like more conscious communication, uh, leaning into a situation and and seeking to understand rather than driving and just telling people what to do, mm. um, you know. So look, I think it it lends itself really well. And once once my clients, once we have some rapport, mm. to be honest, happens very quickly. Yes. Um, but once we have that rapport and they trust me, then I can guide them to places in their leadership that they've never been to never before. Been before. And, uh, I think yeah. that's the, the role of a coach, is to mm-hmm. to guide people to places they haven't been to before, right? Yeah,
0: and Jim, because I'm so familiar with the coaching space in terms of I would not be here without constant coaching and mentoring, I understand the importance and the, the power of what a coach can bring to your life, because you're uh, living and working in your life, and often, you need that external perspective of how you're reacting behaving communicating you need an external person to go okay do you think we should try this or have you thought about this because no person should be an island should they jam even at those highest levels they should never be or feel like they're an island and trying to do this alone
1: yeah absolutely and for various different reasons we we don't feel that we can lean on other people around us for that role, that coaching role. You know, if it's colleagues, sometimes it's not appropriate for us to, Mm. to, sometimes it is, but quite often it's not appropriate for us to be seeking that coaching advice from a colleague or from a report or from Mm -hmm. a loved one. And in fact, when when people around us who care about us come to us offering advice, we quite often, for some reason, in a reflex way, we kind of tend to defend against it. Uh You know, we don't want to hear it. Absolutely. But when we're paying someone for that, yeah. we're <laughs> all ears. <take> <laughs> it's like, I'm paying I you know. good money right now. Give it to me. I what am I going to do? I <laughs> know. What am
0: I going to do? What am I going
1: to
0: do? Jim, just going back to an uh, earlier part of the conversation where we talked about, um, you know, the the capitalism uh, or those sorts of ideals that permeate um, corporate and, and high level life. Um, I'd love to know that some of those spaces are changing and that we can look forward to a future where it's not all about dollars and uh, reaching certain milestones that we are starting to move towards a space where humans as humans are considered in that equation and that the way that they work best is a consideration and so um from my personal perspective, uh, back when um, I was working in, in corporate office, there was the, the idea that uh, working from home was completely unacceptable and employees couldn't be trusted, whereas we've sort of been thrust into a new world via COVID where people have had to work from home. And I think that those things are really important considerations in in life so do you see that the corporate um ideals are slowly changing
1: yeah yes they are yeah they are and i i think leaders at least the leaders that i come into contact with and and coach are starting to understand that rather than can i trust my employees to clock Mm. on and clock off and do the work it's can I find a way to, for them to spark their intrinsic motivation, so something that they care about doing mm. and find alignment between what they care about and what the, the organization's mission is? Because mm. if you can find that, League. You don't need to trust that they're going to lean gonna in and do, do what they, they, they they're intrinsically motivated to do good mm-hmm. work and make a mm-hmm. difference. So you need to really as a leader and I think leaders are starting some leaders are starting to get this. Yes. Can yes. I trust my ability to to coach them to find what their own intrinsic motivation is and align it with the organization's purpose and put them in a role where they feel like mm-hmm. they can play to their strengths and then just let them go and be amazing?
0: Yeah because right? th- th- that's the thing humans can be incredibly amazing given um the right circumstances and the right motivation humans that's can right. accomplish incredible things and that's so right. it's really encouraging to hear Jem, that you are um coaching the next level of the next um cohort of leaders in this way that's from my perspective is incredibly encouraging Um, I want to digress a little bit and talk about the new book The Art of Communication for Thoughtful Men and it's already receiving rave reviews across the planet and I know from talking to you before the show that there is a lot of interest across America in particular, which I'm delighted to hear it's well deserved but I wanted you to share with the audience um, about the inception of the book why did the idea come up and why you thought it was important to share and write from this perspective
1: yeah absolutely so the inception and and then um, the conception and then the -hmm. the delivery of the book came I, I started writing a few different books I always knew I was going to write books and and I had started writing a few different books but was kind of getting stuck in them and then I stopped and thought and this was in the first towards the the end of the first year of the pandemic and I thought yes Jim what do you think really will help what can you write that will help Mm. you know I I want to write something that hopefully will help people Mm. and one of the biggest stumbling blocks that I come across um, as a coach is communication you know and whether it's communication in a relationship where two people love each other but they trip up in their miscommunication Mm. or whether it's the communication from a leader to a team so the community the leader is frustrated because the team is not engaging in 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 what the leader wants them to engage in and quite often it's not because they've got the wrong people in the team or anything like that it's just that the nuance in their communication you know yes. or or interdepartmentally in a larger organization where the sales department and the compliance department are at loggerheads over something mm. and forgetting that they're actually tr- both attempting to serve the same higher purpose of the organization mm. and it's falling over in the communication. And then also in recent years, tony, yes. you know as 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 a lover of humans, right yes. I, lo- I just have this yes. love for the human race despite yes. our dysfunction and despite the fact <laughs> that there are, psychopathic people doing terrible things on global economic levels right yes 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 but love humans right Mm -hmm. and so it makes me sad when i see humans shouting at each other across these digital divides of difference you know you've got humans Mm -hmm. who have identified with one political idea or ideological concept and and people who who disagree with them and they're just shouting at each other I know. and Tony you know this is not helping evolve the situation this is nope. not creating doesn't solutions. Help at all. you know and these global problems like pandemics and global warming and inequality they don't discriminate that's right Glo- global global warming does not mind whether you are pro-vax or anti-vax it doesn't doesn't mind. care we're all gonna cop it that's right and for us to solve these global problems we have got to improve our ability in conscious communication mm. so that's where the book started from and then I engaged a book writing mentor um yeah. and uh, yeah a wonderful author and and writing mentor Susan Pierce from Sydney yeah. in Australia and and she said to me Gem I'm loving this manuscript I think it's great it's too broad you're writing oh. from everybody you need to yeah. pick a, a a niche you need to pick a demographic and she said you know I think this book would be really good for men
0: yeah. And
1: so I just took her advice and I went, okay. And so I started tailoring the book for men specifically. Yes. And so it became the art of conscious communication for thoughtful men. Mm. Uh, and, and I do feel really passionate about this because you and I have spoken about this before, yes. Tony. As much as we need to continue the mission of empowering and getting women into decision-making roles, which we, is so, so important that we continue to do this, mm. at the same time, we need to be evolving the quality of men and Correct. the systems that we're bringing these women into to to be open to this feminine wisdom, this feminine yes. sensibility. That's what. So we need to help the men evolve as well, right? So there's these yeah. two projects that need to happen at the same time. Same time, you know. And so this book is is to help to give men the tools to lift mm-hmm. each other up and evolve the brand of men. You know, yes. to, to to change the old stereotypes that we've been culturally indoctrinated into. You know, as boys, we were taught yep. man up, s- toughen up, you know, suck yep. it up. Don't yep. cry like a girl. Like all these yep. things. Can you believe we raise I our know. boys like this? So uh, we've created, you know, generations of men mm-hmm. who don't even know how to really access their emotions, let alone communicate them yep. or understand um women when women are coming with this wisdom that is an intuitive deeply ingrained thing and men are shutting it down but they just Mm -hmm. don't know how to do any different. so Mm -hmm. i think it's time to um to give men the tools to evolve and i'm hoping that's what this book does
0: i'm so glad that you've written from this perspective because you know i talked to multiple women across the planet and we still experience some of the same things that have been happening for millennia however having said that there does feel that there is um a change afoot so to speak Mm. um but for women to get to the the place that we need to get to we need to be supported by men so this is not a, a a women against men or a men against women this is about empowering men and women to live and communicate in the best way that they can. I know yeah. um, from speaking to you previously about the book that you've had a really wonderful response from women. Can you tell us about that, Jim?
1: Yeah, it just, it, I mean, I kind of thought this might be what happens. It's, yeah. it, it looks like it's women that are picking the book up off the shelf, so to speak, yeah. or, you know, or, or getting the book off Amazon yeah um women i from my experience of running open public workshops in the past around self-development around personal Mm. development it's 90 percent of the people who come to my workshops are women yes and i think women are just more open to expanding into their potential they're more open Mm. to being vulnerable they're more open to saying i don't know everything let me learn some more yeah Um, men traditionally and i am generalizing here but but (laughs) i think generally speaking men are more about i'll read a book if it's going to help me grow my profit or i'll read, i'll read a book if it's going to help me win I'll, I'll read a book if it's going to help me um be better at my better at golf i'm using yes, that as an yes. analogy right yeah, but yeah, yeah. but read a book about how I can be more in touch with myself and and function better as a human. They tend to not pick the books up. So yeah, it's yes. women that are picking it up and reading it and and emailing They're me it. and saying, "Oh my god, amazing book! It's so great! I'm <laughs> gonna force my husband to read it, you know, or my son or my brother or whoever." So yeah.
0: And I don't. I'm not sure that women always realise that position that they have to influence. The men in their lives with gentle um persuasion and and conversation and it comes back to that conversation doesn't it if you communicate with the man or men around you in the right way you have influence to get them to perhaps pick up a book that might be helpful or look at things that they may or may not be doing i think that we sometimes forget that that we have that influence if we use it correctly, and that that communication is a key to to driving all of that. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, life and and business, communication is really an essential part of what an executive does. They they're communicating all day with the people around them, with their teams, with their higher ups, etc. Uh, what are some of the key things that you recommend for uh, those senior executives around communication? What are some of the key themes that come through when you're coaching and mentoring those senior executives, Gem?
1: I think really to start with, and I, I designed a process that's mm. you know detailed in the book, but the first step in the process of communication is to understand why. Mm. For what purpose am I mm-hmm. intending on having this, this piece of communication? So if it's some communication that that is coming up and you're intending on having, then there's some preparation that can go into it. And the extent of the preparation depends on so you know, the context and, and what it is. But the first step to be aware of is for what purpose am I having this communication? so for example if you're um you're going into a a performance appraisal we used to call them i mean i'm encouraging leaders to call it something more like a people partnering session because performance appraisal already is old school and it's like i'm going to tell you what you're good at and not good at and where you can improve and it's all data and numbers and Mm. you know perform basically but Mm. if it's a people partnering session i.e., i'm going to coach you to expand into your potential Mm. so when you're going into this session and you're thinking Well, so why am I having this meeting with this person who reports to me? Well, it's to give them feedback. Is it really? Is that the purpose of the Mm. of the communication? Well, why are you giving them feedback? Oh, because I want them to improve. Oh, why do you want them to improve? Mm -hmm. Well, because I want them to thrive. Right. So now we're getting closer to the reason. That's where you start. So the purpose of the communication is I, I want to help this person thrive. It's not mm. to go in there and tell them what they're not doing well enough. That's mm. not the purpose of that's part of the how, mm. but let's start with why. Or for example, let's put it into a, 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 an intimate relationship. Yes. You know, you, your partner might be very upset <clears throat> and, you know, they're exacerbated and, and they're upset and they're expressing themselves emotionally. And there's a lot of words coming out of their mouth yeah. in that moment you might be thinking, you might be taking those words literally and trying to understand that they're telling you that you're not good enough or that you never helped them or that you're you taking it literally. You're missing the point of the communication. Mm. Why are they saying these words? Because it's probably not about the actual words if they're very emotional. What is the purpose of the communication? So let's look a little bit higher. Perhaps in this moment, my partner is expressing that she's completely upset. And she's upset because she wanted me to help her this morning with this particular thing. Believe. And she's she wants to feel supported. Mm. Maybe. Maybe in this yes. moment, the purpose of this communication is because she wants to feel safe. Mm. Oh wow, that's the purpose of the communication. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that having that conscious level of awareness of the communication is going to elevate the the quality of the communication, right? Mm. Whereas if we're down on the lower levels of you know thinking it's something that it's not then then we're not going to be as effective in the communication so just having a an awareness you know and Tony the the word communication comes from the Latin noun communicatio which means a sharing and the Latin verb communicare which means to make common so as a leader as an executive to come back in answering your question when you think I need to have this communication with my team so it's a sharing I'm hoping that they will I can share this with them, this information or this inspiration or motivation, I can share this with them to make this common. So at the end mm. of the communication, I'll know if it's been successful, because if it has been successful, we'll all be on the same page.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's the purpose of this.
1: So it's not about the individuals involved. It's not yeah. about my ego needing to be right
0: yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And
1: prove you wrong. It's about us coming together to a common understanding. That's what communication is.
0: Yeah yeah and it's it it's such a powerful thing to get right and to do right because communication can um start great conversations and achieve great things if it's done in the right way so if you if i dare to take the current invasion of ukraine what if there'd been some communication between the invader and his thoughts, what if someone had been game enough to say, hey, we think that you want to do this because, but actually it's about da-da-da-da-da. Do you think that that high-level communication Mm. has capacity to change big, huge events across the globe?
1: Unfortunately, no matter how good you are at communication, yeah what sits underneath it all is is intent Uh right now i work with leaders who are what i call normal people (laughs) yes right and when i say normal people i mean people that are not megalomaniacs people that are not psychopaths (laughs)
0: yes yes
1: right and and normal people don't wake up in the morning thinking how can i um go and Create havoc and harm Across and pain us. to other people to to further my own power. Most people don't think like. What's his yes. face over there? I don't even want yes. to say his name, but anyway. Yeah, no, please. I was
0: trying not to say his name too. Ah, look,
1: it's, <laughs> we, we all know who he is, right? But yeah. he's not—he's not alone. There's other people. No, no. who have become Completely so lost that's, in power, that's the thing. right? He so, but I'm do... talking about yeah, I, I'm talking about normal people and normal people. Don't wake up in the morning like that. Normal people wake up in the morning and think, oh my God, I hope I can do a good job today. I hope I can get a good result today. I hope I can be the best version of me today. Most people are like that, right? People most people don't wake up in the morning going, how can I go and (laughs) execute my evil plan? Right. So I'm I'm helping people, normal people, communicate better. No and so communication and and the 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 magic of powerful yes. communication yes. can be used in evil ways, uh, can be used in very evil ways. Yep. You know, yes. high-level communication, you, we can be tricked by very mm. clever communication, propaganda mm. and yes. and misinformation. You know, yes. algorithms are doing it now. The algorithms yes. that are, that are d- designed to keep us scrolling are communicating with us in ways that are completely subversive mm, and definitely. have us addicted to these platforms because they're putting the right things in front of our brains that fire the the, the reptilian part of the brain and we're captured into this Mm. world that is being fed to us through communication used in a used in a not so nice way Mm. so it's not the it's not the it's not the communication itself that would stop the world events unfortunately Mm. that's the nasty people behind it yeah but but when the communication is when we can get better at communicating then people like you and I, and the people that we care about and work with and help and and people like us, we can get better at rising and and evolving and creating a collective. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think it's important. That's why I love chatting with you, Tony, because you you facilitate important conversations with real people. And hopefully there are people listening to this and this will help them have these conversations because the more we talk about this stuff in functional ways, the, the, yes. we will continue to create this positive change.
0: Yeah. Um I just the, the whole idea of communication has been highlighted this week. Um my darling husband loves watching maps married at first sight. And uh I it, watch because usually I'm just at that point of time when it comes on it's just it's on and so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> evident on that little little show are some communication that is so bad and so wrong that i find myself having to leave the room and think why is someone not calling out that behavior in a way that in empowers that person to see just how wrong that is and show the glo- the the national audience that this is the right way to do that i mm. find it I, I find with traditional media that there's not enough producers managers of shows mm. doing the right thing in terms of communication and going well actually no you can't yell and scream at someone when they don't agree with you this is how fruitful and constructive communication looks and mm. i worry that the traditional media that we many people see more often than what you and i do in this place which is i'd term as non-traditional media mm. i mm. would love this sort of stuff to be in more people's places and more people's faces so they get to know okay that's better and a better way to do it that's a better way to say what i'm trying to say um and we're not seeing enough of that so i grateful that i get to work in this space with amazing people like you and have these conversations and along that um ideal of of talking about executives um i'm wondering too that the executives of today Are they embracing more spiritual perspectives in their executive life because I there's not a lot of people that you see or I talk to that are readily open to that spiritual conversation so I'm curious to know from your perspective about the executives you coach and how they implement spiritualism in whatever format that looks like if they're thinking along those lines if they're it's if if mindfulness is a part of what they talk to you about is if it's a part of what they like to encourage in their teams I'm really curious about that aspect of what you do
1: yeah look I think in in older generations that are still in executive roles Uh uh-huh um the the percentage of them that are open to this stuff is very small and then right. as you come down through the years and and get into mm. younger generation of senior leaders and mm. you know younger people that are coming in now fresh into executive roles they're way more open to it um, oh, good. you know but having said that i went to um, the global mindful leader forum back in 2014 so 8 years uh-huh. ago and and already then there are some of the most senior leaders in the world that can can track and measure you know they can get roi on investing in people's abilities in the space of mindfulness and so that you know there's a that's phenomenal yeah it's awesome yeah like the world leaders of the world bank and leaders of um you know some of the leaders in intel and google and places like this investing millions of dollars into mindfulness programs for themselves and for their people because they understand that it's it helps us with our functionality. Um, so look at it. Yes, th- there's a there's a massive movement happening happening for sure. And look, um, I don't know if this sounds a bit wrong, but the older leaders will retire and and uh, you know kick off their boots and go I and was, in a rocking chair. I was somewhere.
0: I was hesitant to say that, but from uh, it feels like there's almost a passing of the old guard, it feels like we're ushering in a new generation of leaders and a new global energy that is better for humans in general
1: yeah and i think really the important difference between now and in generations gone by because Mm. there's always been a handing on of the garden there's always been the next generation coming and there's always been change you know and to every generation it seems like the changes coming with the younger generation are massive you know it's it's always felt like that i agree the difference now is that the technological advances that have Mm. been happening over the last 30 years are exponential
0: they
1: are aren't they and and our brains are not wired to understand exponential growth we can comprehend linear growth one two three four five but we can't comprehend exponential growth which is when the technology doubles in its (sighs) capability yeah that's right it goes through the roof so we don't know what things are going to look like in 2050 if we're still here Mm -hmm. we've got Mm -hmm. no idea what that's going to look like but what it is doing is that it's it's forcing us As a species to open our minds to possibility to open our minds to different ways of doing things because there are there are ways of doing things today that weren't even possible just the other day
0: i know
1: you know um so yeah look i think i think the change is happening faster now than ever before Uh, and so with that change hopefully our leaders you know the emerging leaders are also Mm -hmm. changing it is becoming more human-centric it is becoming more about you know how can we all work together as as people to to do better work for humanity? Yeah, you know it is yeah. it is happening
0: because it, it, sitting behind that is is the idea that as humanity we can tackle big problems. So we spoke earlier about climate change, mm. um, it, it, and it's not just climate change; it, it, it's it's war, it's um, hunger, it's um, those bigger. Global issues that, as humanity, we could, I believe, we have within our grasp the answers to those bigger questions yeah, and ensuring yes. that our grandkids never experience war, ensuring that our grandchildren never have to deal with uh, human trafficking, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I actually yeah. believe that humans have capacity to solve those big problems completely and
1: completely and your I belief to tony believe. well and your belief is not a pie in the sky idea it's your belief is is founded with evidence you know yeah. i mean for example the world has never been as safe it is as it is now homicide rates have never been this low yeah. ever in human history it's very Isn't hard
0: it? to commit a crime and that's a good thing
1: yeah. it's never been a, this safe to walk the streets globally speaking right but the the, you know as we know the mainstream media and news we know that they feed off the negative so we know that all the news is negative so that's fine but in the meantime if you go looking for it and you don't have to look very hard if you go to um uh future crunch is some mates of mine here in australia and they've got a global platform that focuses on all the positive scientific news and advancements that are happening in the world and they they put out positive news every day so much good stuff happening and if you go and look at the real data of what's actually going on in terms of you know the advancements that we're making in technologies to help with global Mm. warming and Mm. pandemics and all this sort of stuff you're 100 percent right tony we can do it we can do it and i think the more we focus on it the better so go and look for the positive news there's positivenews.org i agree they send out positive news as well um. So look it up. It's right there and it's yeah. available. But yeah, you're right. We are we are heading in the right direction, and we can do it. We can turn it all around. Unfortunately, there are still um, some yeah. leaders who are digging their heels in and and, and for their own their own agreed. You know, reasons, uh, yeah. uh, claiming that cl- climate change isn't even real. Um, and but they and know having- that it is. yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and having been exposed (laughs) to the effects of climate change recently
1: yeah massively
0: you you can't there's just i've never seen so much rain never experienced so much rain so that's you know Mm. and i know from reading the science that that is about the amount of water that um leaves the earth and goes up into our clouds because of climate change Um, And something else that just dropped into my head, Jim, is um, I know for a lot of people, um, and this is a little bit of a controversial subject, I guess, but the whole idea that we created a vaccine in such a short amount of time in a global pandemic, I actually see as an incredibly positive human achievement. What that means in my mind is that at one time the whole globe was focused on solving a single problem i.e. a vaccine to keep people safe so if we can do that in a pandemic we can do that for cancer do do you know what i mean like that's how i see the world yeah we
1: can do that for global warming
0: yeah yeah absolutely unfortunately
1: unfortunately for us we we don't tend to all come together and kick into gear no. until we're right in the thick of it being a, a massive catastrophe. Exactly. And so you you and your people in your communities that have just been massively flooded have all yeah. had to come together because it was catastrophe. But people who Complete. live somewhere that don't get flooded, they're like, oh, global warming, it's something that's going to happen in 20 or 30 years. Yeah. They don't, I don't want to think about it right now yeah. because it means I have to change the way do I something. live in some way. I have to do something. So mm. unfortunately, humans, a lot most humans, yeah. don't take action until it's really until at the last minute. At their Whereas with front. global warming, because it's such a big thing, you know, if mm. we leave it till the last minute, it'll be too late.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, so
1: yes, we can do it. I reckon we can, you know, I reckon we can. I reckon we can do it, but we've got to do it. (laughs) We've 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 got to do it
0: it now. Yeah. Yeah, The other thing about um, our recent flooding incident was that it's actually caused us to think about how we live our life and Mm. what we might do going forward. So, does that mean we don't need a big property? We don't need a, a, you know, we just need a little space that is ours and that's okay like it just causes you to think of other alternatives that have um implications for the climate um and implications for the way that in which we live so that idea around being self-sustainable having our own water generating our own electricity all those things are starting to come into play in a bigger um yeah. As a bigger conversation in just our lives so if that's happening for us i'm hoping yeah. that's happening in a greater space across the planet for many more yeah. people than than just us yeah um jim i'm hoping too that we in talking about generations um tapping out i guess f- effectively that we will actually see the rise of wonderful, um, emotionally intelligent leaders, and I wanted to quickly touch on the subject of emotional intelligence and what it means f- for you, Jem. From your your thoughts, what are your thoughts around emotional intelligence? It's important, and particularly its importance for for leaders, senior leaders, senior executives, politicians.
1: Dare yeah. I say it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and before I talk specifically to to emotional intelligence, the reason yes. why I think it's important that this is happening is because we've kind of forgotten why we were making widgets in the first place. So just say that there's a company <laughs> and they make widgets, right? They've got to the point where they they think that they're making widgets just to make money. It's just yeah. about a transaction. We're making widgets so we can make money hang on a second why did you why did this company ever first start making widgets in the first place because we thought people needed widgets well why did they mm. need widgets because it made it easier for them to do a b and c yeah. so it was about tra- people trying to um, make life better make life better for people
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or the planet or animals yes. or life yes yes right? so we're doing this to make life better for for this animal or for this and forest or for these people. Yeah. Right? yeah. And we've kind of lost sight of that because it became yeah. all about shareholders and and growing the 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 market price of mm. the share price of something, right? Yeah. So look, I think that emotional intelligence is massively important because it comes back to this human-centric um kind of purpose behind what we're doing. Mm. Why are we doing this? We're doing this to make life better. Yeah. To, li- to live better lives, right? So emotional yeah. intelligence really is just uh, an understanding that there are people in the equation yeah. and whether it's the people that are working in the teams to create the widget that goes out to the people that are receiving, but to, mm. to focus back on the people involved in the equation, the mm. humans in the loop, yeah. <laughs> rather than yes. the numbers and the product yeah. and the bits and bobs. And emotional intelligence is really the ability to um, to experience empathy. How does yes. someone feel? Mm-hmm. to experience compassion what what could yeah. i do to help that person yeah. you know to to experience the whole range of emotions which is obviously a vital part of being human because mm-hmm. we've all got emotions so there must mm-hmm. be an important part of it and emotional yeah. intelligence also an emotional regulation and oh, then yes. something that i'm you know i'm really inquisitive about continuing to develop for myself and for my clients is the ability to improve my functionality in relationship with emotions so that ah, when it yes. so when emotion is is um immediate and necessary in a moment and serves a purpose to to mm-hmm. feel it to express it to utilize it and then when it starts to tip into being dysfunctional for me to stay stuck in that emotional state and i'm and it's not helping me serve myself or the greater good anymore and i'm stuck in anger or i'm stuck in despair or stuck Mm. in sadness the Mm. ability to actually um be the driver of my own physiological bus and use techniques such as mindfulness Mm. to allow that emotion to beautifully dissipate and come back to a place of equanimity and serve again from a place of clarity and calmness you know so yeah So that's emotional intelligence as well right
0: so in in simple terms it's uh things like um anger and fury and fear they're all normal parts of a human experience yep but emotional intelligence is recognizing yes i'm angry i'm gonna feel angry for this amount of time but when it gets to this time this is what I'm going to do to dissipate that anger is that yep. an apt description Jim
1: yep perfect and yeah. and also the ability to be conscious so right now I'm feeling anger and I'm going to allow myself to feel this anger because yeah. it's necessary Just and it's I'm going to process it. I'm not going to shove it under the rug and pretend it's not mm. there
0: or punch I'm a gonna, wall
1: or yeah, whatever right I'm going to feel this anger But I'm also going to have a level of awareness in the moment that I'm in doing anger, Mm. I'm going to have a level of awareness to go, do you know, it's probably not the right time for me to pick up the phone right now (laughs) and have that conversation. Yeah. I'm going to feel this anger and I'm going to pause on the phone call. I'm going to process this. And then at some point in time when I've allowed that anger to dissipate, then perhaps I'll pick up the phone.
0: Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that being aware of that moment when you're in anger and then understanding that you can't stay it's not good for you it's not good for you for as a human it's not good for the people around you it's not it's just not good to stay and and realizing okay what do i have to do to get out of this jim what are some of the things that you do or you advise your executives to do in that moment when those big emotions are taking place what are some of the key things that you have you can suggest around that i know mindfulness is one and and i know that we've talked about um meditative practices before which i find incredibly helpful what else what other things do you advise
1: if you can create the ability to pause yeah. Pause. So there's an emotion that's taken over. It might be extreme frustration.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, or or, or even anger uh, yeah. or, or disappointment or yeah. Um, yeah. whatever it is. Sadness. So the emotion, sadness. yeah Yeah. so the emotion has taken over pause for a second Mm. and come to a place of perspective because what we tend to do is that our ego our sense of identity Mm. latches onto the 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 visceral experience of the emotion and identifies with it i am angry so it's i am angry Mm. rather than noticing that it's really just a passing physiological state of being that will come and go
0: yeah
1: right But when we identify with something, we hang on to it, we grab onto it, It becomes Mm. our sense of identity. Mm. When we're in our ego, we take everything personally because for the ego, it's all about itself, right? Mm. So um, just, I'm trying to think of a hypothetical situation. One of the people in your senior leadership team who reports to you, they've completely disregarded the values of the organization and they've completely disregarded your directive as the CEO, Mm -hmm. right? And you are exacerbated. You're like, what are you doing? I can't believe you've done that. Look at the mess you've created, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. you're, you're feeling yeah. disappointed and angry and frustrated. Mm-hmm. When you identify with it and take it personally, it's harder to let go of it. Yeah. When you remember, ah, oh, this is not about me personally, mm-hmm. it's not about me. This person has shown up in this way. They've behaved in this way. I'm going to create some perspective here. Ego, I hear you. I'm just going to put you to the side for a sec. I'm going to pause. Yeah. I'm going to put things really into perspective and go, um, just rem- and I do this, Tony. Yeah, and, I yeah, ask yeah. My, and I ask my clients to do this. Can yeah. I just pause for a second, take a moment to remember I'm a speck on a speck that is orbiting a around speck. a tiny little star, which is... On the edge of a milky way galaxy which is one hundred and twenty thousand light years across and there's billions of galaxies billions of galaxies right yeah and and the other day humans didn't even exist and pretty soon we're probably not going to exist again (laughs) and right now i'm upset because my organization abc engineering you know is not going to deliver the right profit result because that leader didn't do that thing but and i'm getting all um i'm taking it so personally right yeah and i'm just going to pause and go (laughs) None of this <laughs> actually matters, right? <laughs> back on a speck. And now I'm going to come back to a place of equanimity because mm-hmm. this is not about me, mm. right? This is about the organisation. And mm. from a place of equanimity, I'm now going to go forward and see how I can best support this person with holding them accountable So mm. the way that we've all agreed to show up here at ABC Engineering. Is... Right. So I'm going to lead from a place of calm centeredness, not yes. from a place of outrage, yeah. because it just doesn't get as good results.
0: Yeah, that's powerful stuff, Jim, powerful stuff. Mm. Um, and powerful, practical examples of how you can do that. And it just it just takes awareness, doesn't it? It's,
1: it's and practice really
0: quite simple lots of practice. Awareness. Yeah, it's easier. It's, it's simple. Yeah. And easier
1: said than done. Oh, oh god, yes. <laughs> but gets easier with practice.
0: Yeah, gets definitely. Easier
1: and easier with practice because every time we every time we um, engage a new way of doing something, we're we're firing a new neural sequence and setting right? up a there's new a, there's pattern, a pattern of neurons we? that are firing for the first time yeah. they fire for the first time and it's it takes effort and awareness and it's clunky and not not very easy to come out of your anger and get centered mm. and it's but then the next time you do it and then the next time it, gets you do it better. And then the next right because the neurons start to wire together and then it becomes habitual and yeah. then you it really can become a superpower where you've practiced Absolutely. it so much that something can happen you react necessarily because you're human Mm. where you get triggered by something you're Mm. furious and then Mm. when you become aware that you're furious and it's not going to serve you anymore you can go from furious to calm
0: really quickly like that powerful stuff
1: Powerful it's like a superstar.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Jem, um, we've got one minute left and wow. I'm going to finish. I know. I love these conversations with you. In this one minute, I want you to tell the audience about your bigger vision for the future. What does that look like for you, Jem Fuller?
1: Wow, bigger vision for the future. It, it, the, 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 the scales have tipped, the balance has tipped where the people that are emerging now that do care about humanity and each other and the planet and the bigger picture that has tipped. Ego has taken a little bit of a backseat. It's still there, but it's not the thing that's driving us. It's really, to be honest, it's more spiritual. And I'm doing that because spiritual can mean whatever to anyone, but it is more connected. We are more aware that we're part of a bigger system. It's not all just about me. It's about us. That's my vision for the future
0: oh, that's a beautiful vision for the future. And I actually can see that very clearly. And I've actually, I think that I can feel that as well, Dem. Like the response for Ukraine, it's it's not just about the people of Ukraine, but it's about the global community feeling what those beautiful people are feeling and joining with them and going, gosh, this is really not okay. And yeah and believing that there will be a better outcome very soon yes my hope
1: yeah i agree with you i i think so and if i can just leave one last message with any of the listeners connect 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 go looking for good people doing good stuff and reach out to them and connect for no other reason to just bolster your hope because when we connect with good people It bolsters our hope. We go, oh, yes, there are more people out there doing good work. And there's plenty of them. There's plenty of people doing good work. So go look for them and reach out and say hi
0: and you will find them when you set the intention that you want to be connected to like-minded people and good people because i know because i wanted to see good men and jem and many others have been introduced to my circle and i am incredibly grateful for that and that was because i said to the universe Please show me good men i'm feeling really distressed i need to know that there's good men in the world and that there's good men creating other good men and that's what happened so i want to encourage the audience today Jem fuller is a good wonderful amazing human being please jump on to his website jemfuller.com reach out connect he loves chatting to people and if you're an executive ceo listening and you think that elements of what we talked about today are really important for you and your organizers organization in your company please reach out to Jem, have a chat and talk about what you might need in your environment in your company and within yourself because we need better men now Jem, thank you so much another delightful conversation it's a privilege to have you on the show and I know that we'll continue having further conversations both live and off air um, and I can't wait for the future it is exciting me no end
1: Yeah, Tony, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on.
0: My pleasure. That, my wonderful audience, is your Everyday Business Show this week. We'll be back next week. Join us then. Thank you, Jem, and bye for now.
1: I want to do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. Is that possible? That was the question for myself.